are on week seven of the gifts of the Spirit, and we've been reading these two sets of scripture uh, every week, and we'll continue. I like verse. It's, I like it out of the Passion Translation. He says, "Make no mistake about it. God will never be mocked." He he, he says. For what you plant will always be the very thing you harvest. In other words, what you put out there is what will be produced in your life. You want to be negative and hateful and guess what you're going to get? Uh, you know, everybody's heard the term uh, or the phrase, to have friends you have to do what? Show yourself friendly. So he says, make no mistake about it, God will never be mocked. For whatever you plant will always be the very thing that you harvest. The harvest you reap reveals the seed that if you plant corrupt seeds of self-life into this natural realm, you can expect to experience a harvest of corruption. So if I'm just sowing to myself because myself is, uh, like Brent said, despicable, you know, without Jesus, you know, I was nothing without him. Uh, he didn't see me that way. I made myself that way. Amen. He says, you can expect to reach of corruption. If you plant good seeds of spirit life, you will reap the beautiful fruits that grow from everlasting life of the spirit. In other words, if you sow things of God to reap, uh, King James says, eternal life, uh, the original language said the Zoe life. That's the God kind of life. That's what God expects us to live is the God kind of life. So what does Holy Spirit put in us? Galatians, flip back one page, Galatians 5. We're going to start in verse 22, and we've been looking at these all these weeks now. And uh, hopefully it'll, it, it, you, you, I can talk, hopefully. Hopefully, you will uh, see yourself starting to change. It doesn't here for seven weeks now, Pastor Dave, if it doesn't change us in some way, okay? Because the Holy Spirit lives in me. That means I need to be producing these things. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is. How many fruits of the Spirit are there? One. It's not the fruits of the Spirit are. The fruit of the Spirit is. Is love, joy, peace. Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, and against these kind of things, there is no law. He says, "If they and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with its affections and lust, and if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit." So, what does that tell us, Miss Shirley? That tells us that there's a difference between living in the Spirit and walking in the Spirit. Pastor Ted, that, walk, that live in the Spirit, but when it comes time to looking at the fruit of the Spirit in their lives, Becky, they don't walk in the Spirit. There is a difference. Living in the Spirit is just, it's what we all have. Walking in the Spirit is when we allow the Holy Spirit to let these things come out of us. Because they're in there. So we have to let it out. Mm -hmm. Fruit is, is something which is produced. It is the product of seed that is fertilized and grown. So we've looked at all the ways up to the last three. We're on the last three. We're going to look at faith. Well, you know what's so good about this? God doesn't even expect you to operate on your own faith. Come on. 
He expects us to allow the Holy Spirit to produce faith in us. See, we walk around trying to force ourselves to believe God when you don't have to force yourself to believe God, Emily. All you have to do is allow Holy Spirit in you to produce that faith of God that is in you. We have this, all these ideas of what faith is. <clears throat> and, and I know if I ask everybody in here, you're going to look at this one scripture, <laughs> then we're going to get to that scripture here in just a few minutes. But it's the one everybody... When they say, what is faith? Vine's expository dictionary says this about faith. Faith is primarily a firm persuasion. It's a conviction based upon hearing. So what is faith? Faith is you being firmly persuaded that what you heard from God is absolute. It's you being... Well, what does it mean to be firm persuaded? Well, that would be like me walking in. Well, what's your name? Are you sure? How do you know? Your mama told you. <laughs> but I don't think that's really your name. <laughs> Is there a chance that I could talk her out of her name? Why? Because she's developed faith. She is firmly persuaded that that is her name. She has heard it all her life. All, for all of her, she has heard faith. Oh, she's, heard, she's heard Velma, Velma, Velma. You know, she knows that her name is Velma. You can't talk her out of it. You see, this is what faith is. Faith is when something that you have heard from God is simply rooted in your spirit that you can't be talked out of it. And it doesn't matter what hell comes. It doesn't matter what high water comes. It doesn't matter what distress comes. There is nothing that's going to talk you out onto what God says is true no matter what. That's all faith is. It is simply you saying, I cannot be talked out of this word. You can't talk me out of this word. You, you know, this is why Romans tells us, says, let go. And every man a what? A liar. So if Ernie comes to me and tries to tell me that what God says in his word is not true, well, I just can't believe that. It really don't mean that. A liar. I'm going to take God at his word. Vine says that faith is simply a firm persuasion. Some of us just need to get firmly persuaded. As firmly persuaded as she is of her name. I need to be as firmly persuaded as God said in his word is true. I love, <clears throat> I love what Brother Hagin used to say when, when he first uh, started catching some things of faith when he was sick and on his deathbed. And he, he wrote, what, a 15, 16-year-old boy. He wrote, if God said it, that settles it. If God said it, that settles it. No matter what. You see, we can have all these ideas and we can say, well, I just, somebody, I just don't believe that. Well, you're saying that somehow, some reason, God lied. Come on. So, Vine says it's primarily being firmly persuaded. It is convicting. Webster says this of faith. It is a belief of the mind to the truth of what is declared by another. I love that. 
It is a belief of the mind to the truth that is declared by another. Well, who's the another, the other that listening to? God and his word. This is why it's so people struggle so bad in, in faith is they don't know what the word says. They preached and what it come up with, but what does the word say? See, you can't listen to me and what I come up with. You can't listen to what I'm just preaching you. You need to make sure that you have this, this basis of our faith. I'll go into that later. And if you don't know that word, and if you don't put that word in your heart and bury it somewhere down deep, you're going to struggle when it comes to faith. Because faith is what? Is a belief of the mind to the truth that is declared by another. It's resting on his authority and veracity without other evidence. In other words, you're taking God at his word and nothing else. You don't see any actions, Kevin. You don't see anything else. It's just what God's word says. And if that's what his word says, then I'm going to take it. Amen? So what do you believe in God for? <laughs> Simply put, it's knowing and having complete confidence in God and his word. This is what the Holy Spirit, well, I just don't have that kind of faith. Well, good thing he didn't leave it to you to have it. <laughs> he said that Holy Spirit produced. Maybe we just need to quit trying so hard and allow Holy Spirit to start producing in us what he's there for. When you can't believe on your own, when you can't even believe on your own, allow him to produce faith. Say, okay, Holy Spirit, I can't do this on my own. I can't believe for this on my own. This is bigger than me. So I need you to put the faith in me. Oh, wait a minute. Let me rephrase that. Bring that faith up out of me because he's already put it in you. That's, that's what he produces. And we need to learn to trust him without anything else. Go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. And if you uh, in of the uh, version app, all of these notes are in there. You can go and save it and do a Bible study later. Right, Kylie? Okay. So Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance. What does that mean? Faith can be seen. Faith can be heard. Remember when uh, Jesus was minding his own business in his own house? He's teaching, and everybody's already filled his, filled his yard up, and he can't, you know, put anybody else anywhere else, and he's standing in his house, and he's ministering. What do you mean he's standing in his house? Some of y'all need to read the word. <laughs> Jesus didn't have a house you need to Jesus had a house. Come on. So he's standing in his house, and all of a sudden, he's standing there, and he's teaching. And all of a sudden, dust particles start floating down from his roof. And he looks up, and there's a bunch of boys up there. I'm convinced they were teenagers. You can't tell me any different. Nobody else would think to do this. Huh? <laughs> Nobody else would think to do this. All of a sudden, they start tearing pieces of his 
and they start lowering their, 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 their friend who couldn't walk down on his own bed. You imagine that, you're laying in your own house, you're in your own bed, and all of a sudden, four buddies run in, they pick up your bed, and they run you down the street, and you're going, oh now, wait a minute. They don't tell you, they don't ask you, they just run and pick you up, run over. Well, we can't get in, I got an idea. <laughs> See, what you're seeing is their faith. They were convinced. If they get their friend to Jesus, firmly persuaded, they were so persuaded they were willing to tear a hole in the man's house. And they lowered him down on ropes. Listen, when I was, I, I, I know how that feels. About the fifth grade, I went uh, slave uh, inner tubing, really. And we had, like young boys do, build this big jump at the end, a ramp. And, uh, of course, what happens when you're on the inner tube and you hit the ramp at the bottom of the hill? Everybody goes everywhere. I lost fours and a guy come down across my back with steel toe boots. For 30 days, I couldn't walk. I laid in the bed and they couldn't figure out, I guess it just pinched the nerve. But I remember one so bad and my dad and his buddy decided to take me to the hospital. So they bring up this station wagon and they park it out in front of my mom and dad's house and they pick up my bed and they, they're carrying me down the stairs. Let me tell you, that's a weird feeling. I couldn't imagine what this guy felt like. They lowered him down. And the word tells us that Jesus looked up and the word says he saw their faith. He saw their faith. Faith has substance. Faith can be seen. Faith is something Holy Spirit gets in you and he starts producing this in you. You say, well, I don't have faith. You need to stop saying that about yourself. You do have, you do have faith because it's already in you. It was pre-put in you by the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit came in you, you have faith. He produces it. So what stops my faith? It's my doubts, fears. Mm. Now, faith is the substance. I, I promise I'll get through this. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. So faith is evidence of something invisible. Well, I'm believing God for this, and it hasn't happened yet, right, Renee? This and sometimes we get frustrated. But you see, it becomes a persuasion that is so rested assured in you that you can't be talked out that what God has promised you, He is able to perform. So it has substance, evidence of the invisible. And we're going to look at this verse a couple different times. But if we ask somebody faith, that's the first thing they run to. It's the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Yeah, but what does that mean? It means it has see it and it reveals what I don't even have in my possession yet. But I am so convinced that God is going to bring it to me that you can't talk me out of it. And not only can you not talk me out of it, but there ain't no devil in hell going to talk me out of it either. And this, well, I just don't have that kind of faith. Yes, you do. 
Romans tells us, and I don't know if this is in my, I don't remember if I've got this scripture or not, but Romans says that it's given to every man the measure of faith. Everybody has the same amount of faith. Well, I don't, yes, you do. You may not use it or exercise it, but it's there. Folks, we need to know something right now. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, is not hope. Faith is not hope, at least not in today's vernacular. It used to be, used to be when they talked about hope, you couldn't, you couldn't differentiate from, from faith. But, but that's not the way today's world works. We've changed so many definitions of so many words. Definitions mean nothing nowadays anyhow. Uh, hope is something that you're wishing for. Faith is the assurance of the things that, you, that you'll have the thing. Today's version of hope, and I think I have this definition up here. Today's version of hope says that it's a desire or a longing for something without any real belief that we'll get it. You know, it's going to be okay. Well, I hope so. Come on. That's what we do all the time. Galen will come up here and say, here, pray with me, agree with me about this. I'll, I'll lay my hands on him. I agree. I'm like, thank God, man, I can't wait till this comes in your life. I hope so. In other words, he don't really believe it, but I'll try this thing out of desperation. Oh, come on. I'll try this thing out of desperation. Just maybe, just, just maybe. Finger crossed, arms crossed. Maybe God will give me this. Maybe God will say, okay, I'll bless you. And then if he does, great. If he don't, then I guess I can always blow it off this way. Just wasn't his will. <laughs> Anything to keep me from taking ability for it, Bob. Anything to keep me from taking responsibility for my own doubts. Anything to keep me from taking responsibility for my own fears. Anything for me to keep taking responsibility for the old negative words that's coming out of my mouth that curse every good thing I'm trying to believe. Just when God will. It's funny what we blame God for. <laughs> Today's version of hope says it's a desire or a longing for something without the real belief that one will get it. Hope is useless. So you're telling people it's hopeless? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's hopeless, but you're not faithless. And as long as there is faith found on the earth, God willing to provide for the ones who are standing with in faith. <laughs> Smith Wigglesworth said this of faith. He said there's something about faith that would cause God to pass over one person who is trusting him. So what is it about faith? It pleases God. It's what God please. Well, I just don't have that kind of faith. You do. Quit saying that. It's given to every man the measure of faith. You just need to tell Holy Spirit, all right, it's time to produce. I got to quit stopping this. Go to Romans chapter uh, 14. Romans chapter 14. Brother Hagin used to say it to us like this. Brent, he'd say, keep the faith, keep the switch of faith. That's something I have to do. I have to keep that, fit, that switch of faith turned on. But Romans chapter 14, verse 23. Now, what Paul's talking about here is people who are eating meat that was sacrificed to idols. 
And there were other believers saying, if they sacrifice that meat to an idol, you shouldn't partake of it. Because then, we, we still have versions of this today. People telling us what we shouldn't be partaking of. <laughs> Fill in whatever you want. I ain't saying nothing. But you need to ask yourself, what are you more afraid of? Where's your faith lie? In the idea that somebody else is doing something? Or the idea that your faith, you're settled on God, your faith is in God, and it doesn't matter what you're around or how much you're around it, it's not going to rub off on you. Where's your faith lie, folks? Going on. So they were telling Paul and these guys, don't eat this idol. But look what Paul says here. He says, but he who doubts is condemned if he eats. In other words, if there's no faith in your eating, you're condemned. Well, why? Why eating of this be condemnation to me? He says, for whatever, because he doesn't eat from faith. See, we should even eat from faith. We should live life from faith. We should go through certain things from faith. Oh, come on. <laughs> he says, for whatever is not from faith is... There's a big word. We're all worried about people out here doing all these horrible things and calling it sin. And he's turning around and looking at me. Says, if you are not 100% convinced with me completely, guess what that is to you? Yeah. Okay. I, oh, it's real easy for me to point it at D at the things that she's doing wrong in her life. But when I say, I just can't trust God for that, that's just too big for me to trust God. Which is bigger, my sin or hers? Oh. For what? From faith. Is sin. He said, look, if you've got doubt and you go ahead and partake of that, it's sin. You're condemned already because you don't have faith. But if you've got faith in the one you serve and you partaking, it's not sin to you. <laughs> Back it up, Bob. But he who doubts is condemned because it is not from faith. For whatever is not from faith is sin. We cannot act outside of faith and expect that God is going to be okay with the thing I'm believing him for. And if I am not convinced and sure and convicted of him, then I need to just not partake. These scriptures will mess you up if you let them. But you know what to do? It's going to cause you to grow. Folks, hope, hope says I'll have it someday. Maybe. Faith says I have it now. It's the evidence of things not seen. Hope says I'll have it someday, I hope. Come on with me. Faith says it's mine now because yeah. the ev it's the evidence of the things that are not in my present. Yeah. But I'm coming into my present. I'm convinced of them coming into my future, yeah. whether it's today, tomorrow, or the next day. This is stepping in faith. Faith says it's mine now. Faith will always be a perpetual now. You can't hope that it's going to happen. You have to know it's going to happen. 
You can't say I'm going to be healed. I'm going to be filled. I'm going to be thrilled. I mean, you, you can't just say I'm. And you know, either way, it's God's will. Come on. We must have a conviction that is so sure that it's so, well, what if I don't have that? Then it's time for you to spend some time with Holy Spirit of you and allow him to produce that in your life. He will give you that faith when you don't have it of your own to produce. When you don't have it of your own to give, he will do it. And we have to change our hope into now it is. Just name. But what if my body tells me something else? What does my body have to do with God? Come on. Well, I have it now. I don't see it now. What's that got to do with God's word? It's the evidence of things not seen. It's what I have, and I, you can't see it yet. yet. A lot of times we don't get the things we're praying for because we're not prepared for them. We're not prepared for them. It's like asking God to do a thing. God, I need a financial breakthrough. God, I need a financial breakthrough. Well, here's a job. I didn't want it that way. <laughs> Man, you got to have some other way. Isn't there a dog with a bag of money in his mouth somewhere? God, come on. See, faith movement, even if it's a small one, we were waiting, we, we have gotten so, such a bad habit on waiting on these big giant, remember, anybody in here ever seen the movie Incredibles? Remember the very last scene, pulls up in, in the driveway and there's a kid sitting out there on a, on a three-wheeler and he turns around and says, what are you waiting for? And the kid says, something awesome, I guess. That's how we treat God. Well, God, I don't see you moving. I'm something awesome, but it could be a coat that shows up for a 13-year-old because somebody said a prayer and said, we're just going to trust God. We get lost thinking it has to be big, giant movements, and we don't recognize the little things that he's doing. Every, like, like, like Marcella put it earlier, every little step God placed in her life was to bring her to a point. You know? And that's what faith does. Faith recognizes every little move of God. What hope does is look at every situation. What I'm hoping for, then this is God moving. Yeah. Hebrews 11.6. <clears throat> Hebrews 11.6. Without faith, what is faith? A firm persuasion. Being firmly persuaded about God's word and what he says is going to happen. But without faith, it is impossible. Everybody say impossible. To please God. With, Pastor, without me being firmly convinced that what his word says, I can't please God in that area of my life. When I have doubts, Renee, I can't please God in that area of my life. He, so he says here, he says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he exists. In other words, why would you come to him, right? So we've got that, believe he exists. 
but there's not all you have to believe about him. He said, but he that cometh to God must believe that he exists. And not only does he exist, but he is a rewarder of those seek him. In other words, you've got to be convinced about God that he will reward you for seeking his will. You've got to be convinced. God, you're not going to let me down. If I seek you, you're going to come right. If I'm looking for this, you're going to be right there. You reward me for just believing. For me, showing up is already half the battle. For me, coming to you is half the battle. And so now, God, I know just because I'm coming to you and I'm believing this, some of you out and just believe God and see that he was a rewarder. Is it hard? Yeah. Is it scary? Yeah. Because sometimes he asks you to do hard things, Brenda. He says, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that comes first, believe he exists. And then what's the second thing i got to believe about him? That he is a rewarder. That he is a good enough God to reward me just for coming to him. That he is a good enough God to reward me for coming to him. And I'm not going to sow fear, and I'm not going to sow doubt, and I'm not going to sow confusion. I'm going to sow faith. And what I sow, I will reap. Mm. Go to Mark. We're going to start in verse 22. But I want to read this out of the Passion. And the reason I'm reading it out of the Passion, because the Passion actually translates a certain word here correctly the way the original now the King James version says therefore verily I say unto you have faith in God right have faith in God but, it, but that's not what the original way that was originally put if you go back to the, the Bibles that the King James was translated from come on everybody there were Bibles before King James that were commonly read by everyone. I'm not going to get into this. <laughs> but it didn't say have faith in God. The original language says it the way the Passion does here. It says, Jesus replied, let the faith of God be in you. The original language says have the faith of God. Not have faith in God. Well, how can I have of God? Because the Holy, Produ- Holy Spirit... The Holy Producer. The Holy Spirit produces faith. So I can have the faith of God. Because Holy Spirit is God. And Jesus replied, let the faith of God be in you. So what happens when I let the faith of God be in me, Brent? He says, listen to the truth I speak to you. If someone says to this mountain, with great faith and having no doubt not exist in the same place not in this thing to work I can't allow doubt and faith to exist in the same place I'm the same thing and I will be given every opportunity to doubt it won't work out the first time because we are a Burger King people we want it our way right away come on I can't allow faith and doubt to exist in the same house stable so he says here he says he says whoever says to this mountain with great faith and having no doubt 
mountain be lifted up and be thrown into the sea and believes that what he says will happen. King James says, therefore I say unto you, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, it shall not doubt in his heart. says the same words. But shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He will have whatever. Here's one of the first places I need to put my faith. In God, well, I'm letting the faith of God work in me now. So if I'm letting the faith of God work in me, what does he say here? Whosoever says to this mountain, be thou see, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that what he... So where do I need to start putting some faith? In the words you speak. When you speak, and the faith of God is being released out of your life. you got to remember, we're going all the way back to Genesis. In Genesis chapter 1, he said, And God breathed, or Genesis chapter 2, And God breathed into man, and man became a living soul. Very loose translation of that. If you go back and study even how uh, even Orthodox Jews still teach it today, it says, and God breathed into man, and man became a speaking spirit. How did God create everything in the earth? In the beginning, God said, in the beginning, God said, and he said, and he said, and he said, and he said. Guess what? He's, guess what? You want to start having some faith? You need to start opening your mouth and declaring some things and start believing that the things that you say will come to pass. Have whatsoever you say. That's the word of God. Whosoever shall say to the mountain, be thou, do thou cast and see. You can tell, I'm going to quote one and you're going to be looking at another. I can see how it's going. Verse 24, reason I urge you to boldly believe whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it'll be yours. You believe that you have what? What does that mean? Somebody, I heard somebody say it. Past tense. So when does faith start? Faith starts now whether I have it or not. Faith says I have it now. You believe that you have re Well, how can I believe? Isn't that just denying? No, it's not denying nothing. If, I, if I'm dealing with sickness, I'm not denying that I'm sick, Galen. But what I am going to start saying is I am healed. Well, how can you say you're a healer? And he says that whatever mountain I speak to, and I don't doubt in my heart, but I believe that the things that I say are going to come to pass, I will have whatever I say. Mm. I'm saying, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. What am I doing? I am acting in the faith that God gave me, in the faith that Holy Spirit produces Man, I read a quote, and I meant to write it. Uh, it was out of a, a song. Man, how did it go? It says, I will speak until my heart believes my words. Some of us just need to quit. Bite that thing. Quit letting it talk, the junk that you've been talking. I'm never going to get it. It's never going to happen. If it's, if it's bad, it's going to happen to me. Well, what are you doing? You're releasing. You're declaring what you have faith for. 
forgot to, to, to provide Dee a job for years. Since you finished college, right? For the last two years, we were like, God. She would go to interviews, Brent. Good paying jobs. And, and, and they loved her. She still didn't get the job. Like, God. But we couldn't, and I, I, and I could see disappointment on her face, like, like on all of us it would happen. But I'd always say, listen, you got this. God has got that one for you. And she would declare, God, I, you're going to put me to work. You're putting me to work. You're, you want me in your time. You will put me. You will provide for me. You will. I've got the job. I've got the and, and now, thank God, she's been working for a few months now. But what do you have to do? You have to continue to declare and continue to speak. Whosoever says to this mountain, do doubt in his heart. You will have doubt come in your head. Don't let it in your heart. It's just like somebody knocking on the door. Just because they knock on the door, Phyllis, I don't have to let them in. And just because it's on the door... You don't have to let it in. Now, that's not all. Most charismatic, you need to read verse 25 and 26, but we're not going to read them today. Because it says if you really want your prayers to come to pass, you've got to forgive. All right, let's just go there. Go to verse 25. (laughs) And whenever you stand praying... If you find you carry something in your heart against someone or another person, release him and forgive him so that your Father in heaven will also release you and forgive you of your faults. But if you will not release forgiveness, don't expect your Father in heaven to release you from your misdeeds. That's in the same context of praying and having faith. Go to Mark chapter 9. Just flip back a few pages. We're almost there. Mark chapter 9, verse 17. Now, this man had brought his son to Jesus. Now, I know when we, when we hear these and we expect, okay, this man brings his son to Jesus. This was not a little boy he brought to Jesus. This was a man. Some of you need to grab a hold of your adult children and understand this verse. Come on. How do you know he wouldn't have looked? Scripture tells us. Scripture tells us this what is a child. Verse 17. And a man spoke up in the crowd and said, Teacher, I have a son possessed by a demon that makes him mute. I brought him here to you, Jesus. And whenever the demon takes control of him, it knocks him down and he foams at the mouth and gashes at his teeth. And his body becomes stiff as a board and it brought, I brought him to your disciples hoping they could deliver him, but they, weren't ever, but they were not strong enough. Jesus said to the crowd, Why are you such a faithless people? Why are you such a faithless people? How much longer must I remain with you and put up? Now bring the boy to me. And so they brought him to Jesus, 
As soon as the demon saw him, it threw the boy into convulsions. And he fell to the ground, rolling around and foaming at the mouth. And Jesus turned to the father, how long has your son been tormented like this? And he said, since childhood. King James Version says, since he was a child. This wasn't a child now. It was a man's son. Oh, some of you, need, we need to understand that we can start exercising from faith. Some faith for others. Especially our children. He says, since, a child, since childhood, he replied, it tries him over and over to kill him by throwing him into a fire or water. Now look what the man says to Jim. But please, if you are able to do something, anything, have compassion on us and help us. That sounds like a good request. That sounds like a good request. Everybody should make that request, right? But look what Jesus turns around and says to him. And Jesus said to him, what do you mean if? What do you mean if? The issue here is not on my ability. The issue here is not on my, you've got to remember, I'm the one who created the heavens and the earth. I am the one who spoke things into existence. I am the one who breathes out stars. I am the one who can knows the number on your hair of the head. I am the one who measures the palm of my hand of an entire universe. I am that one. And you're saying, if? Where did he put the responsibility? He says, if, what do you mean you are able to believe? All things are possible to the believer. He said, hey, this, this responsibility, get me here. The responsibility to heal your child is not in me. It's in your ability to trust me. Because if you can do anything, heal him. He says, if you can believe. Man, what if the responsibility, if I realize that responsibility is on me? What if the responsibility for my life is on me? And it's on what I trust God for. And what I decide to believe God for. Jesus said, hey, this ain't on me, buddy. I have the ability. You forget who I am. If you can trust me. If you will become firmly persuaded. Well, God, how do I become firmly persuaded? I allow Holy Spirit to produce what he brings with him. And it's faith. I become so blindly convinced about the word of God that there's nothing to talk me out of it. And then what's, what's, what's available to me, Karen? All things. All things are possible to him who believes. Go to Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Are you good? Yes. Romans chapter 3. He says, For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sound judgment, according to measure of faith God has distributed to every man. According to what kind of faith? The. God didn't come down and give Jeff this great big lump of faith 
and then jump over here to Angie and say, I'm going to give you, I'm not going to give you quite as much as I gave Jeff, but, you know, Jeff will be able to believe for millions, but you'll be able to believe for thousands easy because you don't need that. No, God doesn't better. He doesn't say, I'm going to give Pastor Dave all this faith and I'm going to give Monica just a little bit. No, God walked in the house, holy life, and he says, here's what I'm going to produce. I'm going to produce in you the God kind of faith, and everybody has it across the board. So that what you speak in accordance to his will, you produce in your life. See, this gets hard because it, it makes me responsible, Emily. The measure of faith. Okay, then how do I Get my, how do I exercise my faith? Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Romans chapter 10, verse 17 comes. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by what? The Word of God. You want faith up? Get into the Word. Find out what the Word says. Well, I just believe that's a, that's a book for somebody else. That's an old book. You know that the Bible is the most shoplifted book in the world? <laughs> they missed that part, thou shalt not steal. <laughs> it's the best selling still. There's a reason that book has turned the world on its ear. Because what it does, odds that they are His. Teach all God's kids. That they're his and the family resemblance is unmistakable. And they can walk like him and talk like him and create like him and believe like him and have confidence in the things that they're... How do I do it? I allow Holy Spirit to produce it into me. Hebrews 11.1 again, but I'm going to read this out of the Amplified because the Amplified classic especially. Hebrews 11.1, now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed. See, if you hold the title deed to something, it's yours. So faith is your title deed. When you have faith, it is the title deed of the things we hope for and being proof of the things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as a real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Brother Hagin said it like this. He said, faith is laying a hold of the unrealities of hope and bringing them into the realm of reality. Faith is laying hold of the unrealities of hope and bringing them in to the realm of reality. And folks, I'm here to tell you today, faith produces. It works. Sarah was barren. Abraham was told to leave and go to a land when you get there. So he packs up everything and everyone and he starts walking. Where's he going? He don't even know. He has no idea where he's going. He had to trust God for every right turn and left turn. They both heard the prophecy that was given to them that Sarah done. Now we all know that 
Sarah laughed. We forget that just a few chapters earlier, Abraham laughed about it too. They said that she is 99 years old and he's 100 and they're going to have a kid. This is funny to them. Go to Romans chapter 4. Faith produces. If nothing else, you're going to get the word where it's at. So no, it's not my craziness coming up with this. Now look what it says, and I love how the passion puts it here. He says, against all odds, when it looked hopeless, Abraham believed the promise. God to fulfill it. Man, we could stop right there and say, enough said. When it all looks hopeless, we can believe God and expect him. To feel. He took God at his word. What do we have to do? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the... He took faith, he took God by his word. And as a result, he became the father of many nations. God's declaration over him come to pass. Your descendants will be so many that they will count. Verse 19, in spite of of being nearly 100 years old. When the promise of having a son was made, his faith was so strong that it could not be undermined by the fact that he and Sarah were incapable of conceiving a child. Man, what does that say about our faith? I'm a hundred more. First it caught him off guard. He laughed about it. When God tells you the impossible, sometimes it's okay to laugh. Because then you know it's, it's, out, it's beyond you and he's going to have to come through. That it is doomed to fail unless God is in it. He said, <laughs> I'm going to have a kid. Okay. But hey, if that's what you say, he was unshaken. He's 99, God. I'm 100. We ain't got time for this. Verse 20. He never stopped believing God's promise. For he was made strong in his faith to father a child. Where did, the, where did this child? Where? This child wasn't produced in a womb or in a seed. This child was produced in faith. And faith took hold of an egg and a seed of a 99-year-old woman and a 100-year-old man. And this child was born out of faith. What you, what the thing you're believing for, it's not somebody else waiting to give it to you. God doesn't have to send somebody to give it to you. It'll be birthed in your faith. And when you release that, your destiny's coming just Father. He was made strong in his faith to father. Whew, my goodness. Whew, a child. And because he was mighty in faith and convinced God had all the power needed to fulfill his promises, it, re- it produced praise. You know why you still praise when everything's hard and everything's bad? And everything's difficult, just convinced. 
He says he glorified God. You know why you can praise when, when everybody else says give up? Because you're just convinced. You know why you can still get in here and have a good time and everybody else says, why aren't you crying? I can't make myself cry because I'm just so convinced that my God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory, not anything I can do. And when I don't have the faith to stand on my own, Holy Spirit, because it's one of his fruit. Amen? Amen. It's part, I said one, it's part of his fruit. And you have it in you already. It's been given to every man. So faith people, and be counted. Open your mouth. Speak to your mountain. Expect it to move. Whatever your mountain is, a mountain can be anything to anybody. But you need to speak. Your mouth. And you need to start allowing faith to come forth. And in your faith, you will produce the thing you're believing. Amen? Amen. Stand up, yeah. <laughs> well, go ahead. You can stand. <laughs>